This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. If you have your Bible today, if you can turn to John chapter 16. If you don't have a Bible, you'll see it on the screen behind me today. Uh, John chapter 16. We're celebrating our one-year birthday as a church coming up on the 16th. Hopefully you'll join us. It feels like we've we've been doing this for years, and other moments it feels like only weeks. Andrea said, if this is your 100th time, that's actually impossible. (laughs) Maybe your 50th time, because we're that new as a church. But it's been an incredible year. We're going to thank God. We're going to party. There will be cake. There will be cake, and there will be celebrating. And we're going to just thank God for what he's done. So if you can join us on the 16th, it's going to be so good. John chapter 6. Sorry, uh, John chapter 16. John chapter 16. I'm going to start reading in verse uh, 5. Jesus, in this passage I'm going to read this morning for the next few minutes as I unpack it, uh, is, is preparing his disciples. He's just spent three years with these young men he's been training, pouring into. Jesus, uh, Jesus ministered to the crowds, but he inspired and trained the few. And there was a, uh, Jesus spent his life uh, influencing and pouring into the multitudes, but really spent most of his earthly ministry pouring into a few that would build the church, be the church. And here, he's with these young men, these, these disciples, his, his close-knit group, and he's preparing them that he's leaving soon. His ministry is almost over. He's going to die on the cross for our sin. He's going to pay the debt that we owe. Mankind owes because of our sin and our mistakes. Jesus came to pay the debt, erase the debt. He's going to be the ransom from heaven. He's about to do that, and he's preparing his disciples for this moment. He's like, I'm going to be leaving. i got to go soon. Here's what's going to happen next. And we pick it up here in verse 5. It says, "But but now I go away to him who sent me, God the Father. But none of you ask me where you're going because I've said these things to you. Sorrow has filled your heart. They're like, we don't want to talk about it. We just had one of our close family member that was visiting for a week go home, and we didn't want to talk about them going. Some of you kids don't want to talk about school starting in a couple weeks. Like, I don't want to talk about it. I just get sad thinking about it. My son's like that. He's like, don't say the S word. In our home, the S word is school. That's the word. And he's like, don't even think about it. And Jesus said, I'm telling you where I'm going, but you don't want to talk about it. Because you're already getting sad with the thought of not having me around. But he says this, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. Look at your neighbor and say, the advantage. Now say it like you're awake and you've had free coffee like you did this morning. Say, the advantage. The advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Today, for the next few moments, I just want to unpack as we start a series today, I want to call this message The Advantage. You'll see it behind me, The Advantage. Take a notes today. Write that down somewhere, The Advantage. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning, God, that you are good and you are great. Father, I thank you for every face that showed up this morning. Father, I'm thankful that you are doing things in our hearts. Those that maybe have never been to church, Father, I pray today they'd feel peace. They would feel joy. They'd feel excitement. Father, I pray they'd have an encounter with you today because you're a good God. Father, I thank you for those Father God, under the sound of my voice, Father, I pray that your word now would speak to us clearly. God, I pray you'd help me speak it clearly. And God, our goal is always the same, to leave here more like you, more in love with you, and more passionate about your plan. In the name of Jesus Christ, and everybody said, amen. You ever remember a time in your life when you knew you were shining, like it was your moment? Like, you remember this time in your life when you knew, like, 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 like you were doing really well and, and you were showing off. Like there was this time in your life when everybody thought you're the man. 
You're the woman. You're like everybody was looking at you going, this is your moment. Just back out of the spotlight. This is your moment. These special moments. I have a few in my life, but I was thinking this week about a moment in my life when I was winning and it, it just seemed like nothing could go wrong. There was a season, this fall season, this one autumn where I, I got in the habit of going to my neighbor's house and I was friends with their kids and we, I was in my late teens and we'd go to the neighbor's house and we'd watch Jeopardy one night a week. We'd watch Jeopardy. I know that sounds like a crazy time. Now we have internet and iPads, and, but that's what we did for fun back then was Alex Trebek and Jeopardy. And uh, the crazy people watch Wheel of Fortune, but I save people watch Jeopardy and uh, give me an A, Vanna, you know, and we did to watch Jeopardy. And I'd go over there, I'll never forget, I was just rocking Jeopardy that season. We'd be sitting there and there'd be these, these clues come up and I knew the answer to almost all of them. And you could tell in that room of older people and younger people, there was this, this sense of awe of like, like, we knew he was, like, bright, but, like, he's brilliant. Like, literally, the clue would come up, I'd be like, where is the Adriatic Sea? And they're looking at me like, what? Like, uh, pi, 3.14. What is pi? What is pi, 3.14? I'll never forget that one moment, this is true, I'll never forget it came up, it says that the clue was, was Richard Starkey. And I was like, oh, who is, what is Ringo Starr's real name? And people looked at me like, what are you talking about? I had this moment. I had the admiration of the people in the room, and I just remember thinking, like, this is my moment. I was born for such a time as this. <laughs> what they didn't know is that Jeopardy came on twice a night. <laughs> and I would sit home at 5.30 and watch Jeopardy by myself. And then at 7.30, I'd walk over to the neighbor's house, hey, what's going on? We watching Jeopardy? And I would sit down and watch the exact same Jeopardy an hour and a half later, and be like, the E is brilliant. Some of you are judging me right now. Thank you. See, I had this advantage they didn't have. For the next few weeks, this week and next week, I want to talk about the advantage that the Bible talks about in Scripture about the Holy Spirit in our lives. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is an advantage. It says, to your advantage that I go away, Jesus said, because I need to send the Holy Spirit. See, we're a church that believes in the Trinity. We believe in God the Father, God the Creator, We're the God that organizes, the God that set this thing up. We believe in God the Father. We also believe in God the Son. God the Son, Jesus Christ, who is the ransom of the world. We were far from God. There was a chasm of sin between us. And God the Son said, I will go and pay the price. I will be the rescue. I will be the ransom. Uh, and I will go and rescue mankind. And he became a bridge to bring us back into God's presence. We believe in God the Son. So thankful for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. He died on a cross, not to make a religious emblem, but to be a bridge for us. We were far from God. That's why you can know God. I had people call me sometimes and go, hey, can you pray for me? I'm like, we would love to pray for you. But you need to know that you can pray for yourself. You don't need a special person that has a degree. You don't need a pastor or a priest. You don't need to call a televangelist. You don't need to have a degree. Jesus has closed the gap that no matter whosoever, whoever calls on the name of the Lord can have a direct line with God. Jesus bridged the gap. We believe in God the Son. But we also believe in God the Holy Spirit. He is the helper. He is the power. He is the one that helps us follow Jesus. We believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in this passage, he says, the Holy Spirit is your advantage. Jesus actually called him the helper. Now people, I believe the Holy Spirit, he is the most uh, misrepresented, he is the most misunderstood person of the Trinity. And I've learned this in my life, that all prejudice is based on two things, ignorance and fear. 
People that have uh, prejudice in races, it's ignorance, they don't know what they're talking about, or there's fear. People that have prejudice of any type, it's always based in fear, or they're not intelligent, they haven't, they haven't learned, they, it's ignorance. Listen, I want to let you know today, we don't need to be a fear of the Holy Spirit. We don't need to be ignorant today. Jesus spoke so much of why he had to leave, because the Holy Spirit is our helper today. We have help today, that's good news today. We have help today. My friends, we need some help today. That's good news. To live with the advantage of life that the Holy Spirit gives us. I want to let you know a couple things today. We're going to unpack this this morning. Talking about the advantage. What does a life of following God with the power of the Holy Spirit look like? What does it look like to live with the advantage? Number one you need to know today is willpower is not enough. We're going to help somebody today. This is helping me today. Willpower is not enough. At our worst, mankind, at our worst, we're destructive, aren't we? We're destructive to ourselves and others. We're led by our moves, our moods, our cravings, our desires. We make bad choices that can affect our marriage, our parenting, our businesses, affect our community. We can scar our children emotionally. If we're just led by our emotions and our moods and our cravings at our worst, we're a mess. We can even dive over into the darkest part of our badness, and the news is filled with men and women full of destruction in our community. The news is built on man at his worst. See, willpower isn't enough. At our best, we still fall short of what we need to follow Jesus Christ. At our best, we don't have enough willpower, enough strength, enough love, enough hope, enough joy to make it through to follow Jesus for the mission he has for our life, even at our best. It's amazing that no degree of talent or focus can help us reach the heights needed to follow Jesus' example. We simply don't have that kind of love available. Jesus was dying on the cross. They were slowly killing him. They were doing the Fugees, killing him softly, and they were killing him slowly. And Jesus, still in his most pain, at the worst time of his life, still said, God, I love them. Forgive them for what they're doing. They don't even know what they're doing. Forgive them. And at his worst painful moment, he forgives. We don't have that kind of love. We are not capable of that kind of love. We get offended. Don't we get easily offended? Someone says something. Someone texts something. Someone Facebook something. Someone just uh, 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 assumes something. The love we need at our best, we don't have that kind of love. Jesus then, he knew his mission. We don't have enough focus on our best. We always say to our kids, focus your focus. Focus your focus. Nancy says to me, Mike, you need to focus. I'll drive. You ever drive somewhere and you go the wrong way? Like you just go to what you're used to? Like I get in my car and Google tells me where I'm going because of what I'm, my habits. Like you're going to Starbucks again, Mike. You have 18 minutes to go to Starbucks. And sometimes I'll be going one place, but because of habit, I'll go somewhere else because I'm distracted. Nancy goes, you need to focus. Are you all right? You need to focus. We're not going to Starbucks this morning. We're going to church. Even at our best, our focus, Jesus here, his mission was to die for mankind, to be a ransom, to set up the church to launch. And it says as he was coming into his final days, people started to cheer him. People started to rally, saying, no, 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 you don't need to die. You, don't need, you can be king. You can be king of this movement, king of this nation. We want to, he had fame, he had popularity, and people wanted to elevate him. Listen, we don't have at our best the kind of focus and self-control and humility to resist that kind of promotion. Jesus knew he was living to die. And in a moment, most of us would be like, you know what, death, you know what? It's kind of plan B. Let's go and become king. Let's become king of this nation. Let's go and become governor. Let's go lead a rebellion and make a name for ourselves. But Jesus had, a, we don't have that kind of focus. At our best, we don't love enough. 
We don't have enough joy. We don't have enough focus, even at our best. I want to let you know today, our willpower isn't enough. You ever try to follow Jesus on your willpower? Every September, are we the same? We're always the same. Every September, it's like we're going we're gonna to get back to schedule. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're going to get up on time. We're going to eat nothing but bread, like, like bran, nuts, flakes, sticks, rocks. No more eating ice cream and pizza. Come on, am I, where are my people at today? You're like, September, we're going back to the gym. We're going back to school. We're going to get up, go to bed early. And you last two weeks. Before Thanksgiving, you're off the rail, you're eating ice cream, and you're like, I'll do it in January. And then January comes around, you're like, oh, I got time before my summer body needs to be in place. And we just, we last for two weeks. Go to the gym in January, everybody's there. Go to the gym in February, no one's there. Why? Because willpower isn't enough. You need to know today that if you're going to follow Jesus Christ, willpower isn't enough. We can be intent, but the Bible says the road to hell, not the Bible, culture says the road to hell is paved with good in. Tensions. We can have the best intentions, but here's the good news and the bad news today is you're not strong enough on your own. That's why we need a helper. You need to know today willpower is not enough. Second thing you need to know today is Jesus is not enough. Doesn't that sound wrong when I say that? Like right away you're thinking, I knew it. It's been 11 months. Finally the pastor said something. I knew there was an angle here. Come on, grab the kids. We're out of here. Jesus isn't enough. That just sounds wrong. But even Jesus knew he wasn't enough. That's why he said, I got to go. I have to go. It's better for you if I go, because if I stay, I'm not enough. See, I'm with you, but you need more than me with you. I can't be everywhere. I can't be with everybody that's going to grow in this church. I can be with you 12, but there are people that are going to need this kind of power. I need to leave because it's better if I leave, because I need to send the helper, the Holy Spirit, to help people follow the plan. Jesus isn't enough. Peter, one of the disciples, he had these guys hanging around him, and Peter, man, Peter had the best Bible school for three years. He, Jesus was his professor for three years. They had the best internship in Bible school, and they just, he learned, and Jesus would download, say, here's what I hear God saying. He'd open the Bible and, and, and unpack it and pull out truths, and their mind was blown on a daily basis. Some of you, your education, and this is the best Bible school that's ever happened was this one that Peter was in. We have an amazing youth ministry, but he had the best youth ministry. Most of the disciples were teenagers, and they went on road trips, and they had fun, and then they, they laughed, and they learned. They saw people raised from the dead. They saw their, their, their youth pastor, and we thank God for Mark Andrew leading our youth, but he's never walked on water yet, except in January on skates. But their, their youth leader walked on water. Their youth leader took them on amazing things. Their youth leader used them to reach thousands and hundreds of thousands. They had the best youth leader. They had the best small group. We're starting small groups this fall, but their small group, they named countries after and cities after and hospitals after. Their small group went on to change the world. But still, Peter denied Christ when a little girl walked up and said, wait a minute, aren't you with Jesus? Jesus got led to the cross. And all of a sudden, everybody took off running scared. And this one little girl goes, I've seen you before. You got that merchandise on. You got one of those hats on and sweaters. I think you're with Jesus. Weren't you with him just last week? He started cursing God and cursing this girl, going, I don't know him, and ran away. Isn't it amazing? Some of us, I ask this question all the time, who would you want to meet from history? If you could meet one person from history, just have lunch with. I have two answers. One is Winston Churchill, and the other for me is Elvis Presley. They make no sense, but that's who I would choose. And I ask people, but once in a while people go, Jesus. But isn't it interesting that Jesus who is the son of God that died for the ransom of us all. Peter had Jesus for three years, day and night. 
He heard from him. He watched him. He learned his moves. He learned his words. He had Jesus helping him. And still after three years, he wasn't strong enough to follow God's plan for his life. Isn't that amazing to me? I'm thinking if Peter didn't have a chance, I don't get a chance. Like, like, like I believe in the power of God, but he saw Jesus. He slept around the same campfire as Jesus, and he couldn't make it when a little girl said, wait a minute, aren't you a part of that group? And he cursed God. I want to let you know today, Jesus isn't enough. He's not enough. Jesus didn't have the Holy Spirit himself for 30 years. The Bible says at his baptism. It says the Holy Spirit came on him. He was working on his character, on his talents, on his obedience, and his willpower. Here's just a special note today, and this is going to help somebody today. Is being empowered with the Holy Spirit is not a pass on developing your character. I'm going to say it louder for the kids in the back. Being empowered by the helper of the Holy Spirit is not a pass for us Christians not to develop our own character. What was Jesus doing for 30 years? Developing his character. Developing his willpower. Developing his talents. Jesus worked on himself. Then he picked 12 guys. And for three years, he worked on their training. He worked on their willpower. He worked on their character. He worked on their talents and developed them. And they didn't have the Holy Spirit. Why? Because your character and your choices matter. We're talking about the Holy Spirit for the next two weeks, but you need to know today, sometimes in church we get this wrong, and we focus so much on the advantage of the help of the Holy Spirit, we think we don't need to have character and make right choices. Your character and your choices matter. Too many times we have people focused on being impressive in public, but have no character in private. Too many ministers, too many ministers, if I can pick on us today, we're impacting on a stage, but we're imposters in the streets. I spent my life the last two years traveling, and sometimes you meet people that can wow a crowd on a stage, and they, they're focused on the advantage of the Holy Spirit leading them, but in the green room and on the streets, they're rude. Listen, I believe God wants us to work on our character today. I think we need to redefine what success means as Christians and as leaders. I think we need to redefine success. We need to say something like this. Success needs to be those that know us best love us most. Did you hear that today? Those that, love, those that know us best love us most. That's what's impressive about Jesus. The disciples that knew him best loved him most. They gave their lives, the rest of their lives, following Jesus, building his teachings, following his example, because those that knew him best loved him most. Let it be said of us that we are famous in our own home. Let it be said those closest to us that my kids love me most because they know me best. I'm not concerned if you love me. If my kids love me and are impressed with me, I'll have no problem with you in this city. Can we redefine this today? That just because we believe that the Holy Spirit helps us is not a pass on the work on our character. So many people are focused on the Holy Spirit helping them in a church service, but we need our character and the Holy Spirit to help us in our family, in our businesses, in the city. Can someone say amen? Character matters. I want to be impressive in my own, hope, in my own home. We want to be the type of people in church that aren't perfect, but the more you know us, the more you love us. We're not a perfect church. If you think we're a perfect church, just stick around. We get angry. People leave crying on our team once in a while. It might be the hormones in the pregnancy, just saying. But people say, don't drink the coffee. Everyone's getting pregnant. That's not how it happens, okay? Just so you know, all right? We'll have a talk. All the youth are in the front right now. Don't drink the coffee anyway. But I want to be a church that the more you know us, going, wait a minute. I joined up on that dream team, and we set up every week. And, man, they're not perfect, but the more I know them, the more I love them. 
I want to be the kind of leaders that the more you get to know our marriage and our kids and the more you get to know our team and our production team and our worship team, the more you know us, the more you love us. That's what Jesus was. My friends, I want to let you notate character matters. But, but at, his, at his baptism, the Holy Spirit came on Jesus. He was working on his character. And it says when he got baptized, the Holy Spirit came upon him. Why? Because Jesus wasn't enough on his own. If Jesus wasn't enough on his own for him, he's not enough in our lives for us. We need the Holy Spirit, the helper, the most misunderstood of the Trinity, but the most powerful in helping us follow God's plan for our life. It says in Luke 4, 18, Jesus is now speaking. He's been baptized. The Holy Spirit's come on him. He's now on his mission. He walks into church, picks up a Bible, and reads an old text, but with a new insight, a new power. And he says this, The Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, the advantage, the helper, has come upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and the time of the Lord's favor has come. My friends, if there's a verse... Leave that verse right there, Jeremy. If we need a verse for our city, it's that the Lord's favor has come to Halifax. Not the Lord's anger, not his judgment, but the favor that God has a plan and a passion for our city. And my friend, Jesus needed the Holy Spirit to speak that over his generation. And we are a church that needs the power of God to be able to say, we got to see blind. People that are blind by religion, blind by their sin and their regret. To open their eyes and see God is real, God has a plan, and he wants to use them and for we need the Holy Spirit. For those that are bound up in their chains of regret and pain, those that are bound up with their insecurities and weaknesses, we need more than just willpower and nice lights and a fancy sermon to release them. We need the power of God. Jesus said, the Spirit is upon me to do great work, not to be weird in church, but to be effective in the streets. I want to encourage you today. We need the Holy Spirit power. We need the advantage today. Oh, I love this. Peter denied Christ. There's one point in his last few hours, Jesus on this earth, he lashes out and cuts off someone's ear who's trying to take Jesus to the cross. And Jesus heals the man and says, Peter, what are you doing? In his last moments, Peter was dealing with anger and temper and insecurity and rebellion. Jesus wasn't enough. Willpower wasn't enough. And then in Acts, it says that, it says that all of a sudden in Acts 1, I'm going to read Acts 1, 7 and 8. Jesus speaking says this, and the Father alone has the authority to set those dates in time. They're asking, hey, when are you coming back? When's this all going to wrap up? When, when's heaven going to be reality for us all? And Jesus goes, just hang on, not yet. And then he says in verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling everyone about me everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Peter, a guy who knew Jesus, who was working on his character and his development, who was denying Christ and cutting people's ears off and dealt with anger and temper and rebellion and, 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 and deceit and all these things. He gets filled with the Holy Spirit and the helper and he goes from being a coward to being a hero. He goes from being a zero to a hero. He goes from a 12-year-old girl saying, well, don't you have merch on? Aren't you one of these guys? And he runs away to standing up in the middle of town going, this Jesus who you crucified rose from the dead. He's now in heaven. He died for our sins and your sin. I want to let you know God is good. He has a plan. And he starts to preach with boldness. My friend, there is a boldness needed in your life and my life that only comes with the advantage of the person of the Holy Spirit. Some of us are struggling sometimes. You're going, man, I just, 
I'm fearful, I'm hot-tempered like Peter was. But then he became bold and consistent, a pillar of strength in the church. My friend, the Holy Spirit didn't make Peter better than Mark or Luke. The Holy Spirit made Peter better than Peter. You need to hear me today. Sometimes in churches, we get this wrong. If you've been around church for a while, you're going to know what I'm saying. We start putting badges and go, hey, you know, we focus more on the Holy Spirit. We're, we're better than, no, the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. The Holy Spirit makes me better than me. The Holy Spirit doesn't make you better than the person next to you. The Holy Spirit makes you better than you. Because your willpower isn't enough. My friend, when the Holy Spirit helps me, the helper helps me say sorry quicker. Helps me not to blow up at something that, that, that I shouldn't have control over. Helps me to be faithful in my marriage. Come on, somebody. The Holy Spirit helps me do things right, the right attitude, the right way. Helps me have faith to step out, man. Sometimes on Sundays, you get to see backstage here. We're sitting there going, man, man, I don't know if I got enough to come out on that stage today. I, I'm, I'm nervous. I don't know if I got enough. I don't know if I'm strong enough. And Oh, Holy Spirit, I'm thankful that you are the helper today. Listen to me, some of you entrepreneurs, we have some plans to, just to bless you this fall, but I believe the Holy Spirit, we're going to hear next week of how the Holy Spirit helps us. One way is he's creative. God's the most creative being that's ever been. And Holy Spirit, I believe the church should be the most creative entity, the most creative organization, the most creative community. I think we should write the best songs. I think we should have the best ideas for coffee shops. Come on, somebody. I believe we should have the answer for diseases, best doctors and best teachers. Walk into schools where kids and people have economic and social problems and they can't get anything but chaos out of a school. And we can walk in and go, no, we have help today. And we can reach these kids that maybe society gave up on or abused or left. And we can walk in and find a way to meet them right where they are. I believe God can help us be creative to solve problems. I believe the day is coming we're going to affect culture. I believe there will be elected officials that come into this church or out of this church and not to criticize government, but go, we have a creative idea. How can we help the economics? How can we help this people group? How can we help our city and our nation? Why? Because I believe the Holy Spirit solves problems. Let me give you, I wasn't even going to share this today. Last week I had this problem I was working on. I needed help and I was reaching out to a certain place and I couldn't get any answers back. They were just not getting back to me by email or phone. And I knew there was this one person in charge of this board I was trying to go after for some help with logistics. And I tried to look up his email online. I was like, what's that guy's name? The head of the board. And looked up his, couldn't find his email. His email wasn't online. I couldn't find his email anywhere on Thursday night. I was like, God, we need an answer. I need to figure this out. I got this problem that I need a solution to. It's logistic. And I just need to get organized. God, I need help with this. I remember praying, God, I just need you to figure this out. Thursday night. Sunday night, we're at the night of worship. Stained glass is rattling, right? Earplugs are in. People are rocking, right? It's awesome. At the end of the night, I walk into the hallway, and there's this guy there, and he goes, hey. So how are you? He said, good to see you again. I think, have we met before? He goes, yeah. I was at this board meeting you were a part of. You sat in on, and, and I was like, I tried to, I said, I was looking for your email on Thursday night. I didn't know the guy's name. I didn't know his face. He's like, yeah, I just came tonight for this night of worship. I, I know about this church. I saw the advertisement. I thought I'd come out tonight. I really enjoyed it, by the way. Gives me his card. Said, here's my email. Email me anytime. We can solve that problem. I said, thank you, Jesus. Can I encourage you? I believe we have a helper today. <laughs> Had a meeting this week. That problem was solved. We're on to the next thing. Listen, I believe God has, listen, no willpower alone. No degree, no talent, no, no contact in your phone. I believe we have a helper today. Maybe today, 
some of you say this Christian walk, maybe you've gotten saved in the last 11 months here. Maybe you've been around for a while, but you're struggling in your faith. So you need to know this today. God the Father had the plan. God the Son was the plan. But God the Holy Spirit helps us follow the plan. See, the Holy Spirit always points us back to Jesus. That's why people want to get weird and focus on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't focus on himself. He focuses on Jesus. Everything he does is, no, no, you need to follow Jesus. You need to do what Jesus did. You need to say what he said, did what he did. And what did Jesus do? He loved people. Gives us power. I believe creativity. I believe ideas. I believe promotions. I believe conviction. I don't know if I'm doing right or wrong. No, no, let me just help you right now. You can do better than this. Let me help you. And the Holy Spirit comes in and speaks gifts and talents, but also grows our character. The Bible calls it the fruit of the Spirit. Grows character in your life. Go, no, you're good, but you can be stronger. Let me help you with that. But some of you, you're in this faith, and you're like, I'm struggling today. I I love Jesus, and I love coming to church, but man, like every Saturday night, you're like, I'm just struggling. If I can just get to church. Listen, we're here to help, but I do believe there's something bigger than a service and a preacher and a band. Jesus said, I gotta go, because if you just wait for me, There's something bigger than just me. You need to know you can have help in your apartment, in your house, in your business, in your car, in your life. You have help where you need it. You don't need a skinny but handsome preacher on a Sunday morning. You have help. You have an advantage that God is with you. God, the Spirit is with you. But some of you are struggling today. You struggle with your consistency, your boldness, power. You feel like you're just not strong enough to turn that channel. You're not strong enough to block that contact, that contact for that late night. You're not strong enough to make that right choice with your finance. You're not strong enough to not say those hurtful words when you're frustrated to your kids and you know it's affecting their development. You know you're just, you're just saying things. You just know, you think I do well Sunday. I do well Monday, but by Wednesday, I, take, I go back to my old me. Listen, the Bible says we have a helper. Purity is a process. Listen, I'm not where I need to be, but thank God I'm not where I was. And the Holy Spirit's helping me. He's a helper. He's the advantage. I have an advantage that Alex Trebek and Double Jeopardy can't give me. I have an advantage. I believe I can walk into a room and God has favor on my life. I believe I have help in my emotions. When depression wants to come in or anxiety wants to come in, I thank God for doctors. I thank God for counseling. I thank God for medication. Well, I thank God I have a helper. This is, listen, I have a peace. I am the prince of peace. And you can have peace that goes beyond all understanding. I want to let you know today, we have help. But if you're struggling today, you feel like you're not strong enough to live this life of faith, the Bible says help has been sent and it's on its way. Next few weeks, we're going to focus on the person of the Holy Spirit. Not so much what happens in a church service, what happens in your world, in your life, to strengthen you. Because God had the plan. Jesus was the plan. But the Holy Spirit helps us follow the plan. Amen? Can we stand to our feet today all over this place? I want to pray for you. Can I encourage you? Just invite in your life, in your faith, in your prayers, invite the work of the helper, the advantage, the Holy Spirit into your life. He'll help your marriage. He'll help your parenting. He'll help your business. He'll help your schooling as you go into high school and junior high and college. He'll help you. You're not alone. We have help today. We have help today. We have an advantage all over this place. Can we pray together? Let's pray. Father, right now, I just pray for this church. Father, I thank you for every person on the sound of my voice. 
God, we pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would do your sweet work that you do in our lives. I pray we'd be stronger in our emotions today. We'd be stronger in our choices today. Father, I pray that we would have help and an advantage in every area of our life. Father, those that are struggling to follow, follow your ways and, and your laws and your commands, that today, Holy Spirit, you would help us. Father, those that are struggling to keep to their commitments, even in marriage or in other relationships. Father, Holy Spirit, would you just strengthen us today? Those that are struggling with their faith and their beliefs, would you just fill us today? Would you just remind us that we have an advantage through you? Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you say, Mike, I, I don't even know Jesus. I, I, I didn't know I was far from God, but I want to be close to God. The Bible says you can get saved, which means you can have that chasm, that, that, that distance between you and God removed just by saying, Jesus, I believe in my heart, and I want to say it. I believe in you. I choose you. I want to follow you. In a moment, I'm going to pray for you. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand right where you are and put it right back down. We're going to pray today and believe that today you can be close to God. You can have a relationship with Jesus Christ and start your faith journey and watch God do something in your life. One, it's not everybody, but it's somebody in this room. Two, today is your day. You can know you're right with God all over this place. Three, just shoot your hand up. If that's you today, you said, I want to say yes to Jesus. I want to say yes. I see that hand. You put it right back down. You can put it right back down. I see those hands all over this place. You can put it right back down. You can put it right back down. Thank you. Come on. Can we pray together, church? Can you repeat after me, worship team, church? Can we repeat after me this prayer? We're going to pray this together. If you put your hand up, we're going to believe today. You ready? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your love. And Jesus, I thank you that you died for my sins. Today I choose you. I choose to trust you with my eternity and I trust you with my now. Would you come in and lead me? Forgive me for my past and would you ignite my future? Would you give me a plan for my life? Jesus, I choose you. Amen. And come on, give me a round of applause for those people today.